leaked tape that led to one of the biggest scandals in sports and changed the NBA forever. A podcast that unearthed it all. This is just like what 2014 was mm-hmm. like. Like, there's yeah. a lot of wild stuff happening. And now, a Hulu docudrama. TMZ was calling again and again and saying, we have a tape, do you want to comment? 30 for 30 Podcasts presents The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clips. We reshot the scene, and I could barely watch it because it was so uncomfortable. It was tough. A companion podcast to the FX drama inspired by the award-winning reporting of Ramona Shelburne, one of ESPN's top NBA reporters, an L.A. native, and someone who has been following the story from the moment it broke. Join Ramona as she sits down with the cast and crew of the show in spoiler-filled conversations and behind-the-scenes reaction to each episode. Man, this is crazy, but these people live these lives every day. Donald Sterling, this was his lifestyle for a long time. Listen to The Sterling Affairs. Let's talk clear wherever you get your podcasts. Isola, Lyles, Cronin, Sedano, butt punts. <laughs> Coach's box meltdown. <laughs> I'd like to think I'm not too much of a psychopath. Too much of a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and the latest on Tua's injury treatments. Let's go. Poor Ken Dorsey, he was a great leader of men in college and continues to be in the NFL. Leave him alone, Tony. Leave Kenny alone. Dolphins 21, Bills 19, run-of-the-mill normal game, right? What? So a game with a butt punt, which you had to see like three times to see exactly what happened. And in a game with 400 yards passing for Allen. And 40 minutes of clock control for Buffalo, but Miami's defense holding every time. And still Buffalo with a chance at the end, trying to get a last play in. McKenzie can't get out of bounds, and then Allen can't get the playoff. This, this, should they have been able to? This is a callback to the Cowboys' last postseason game. Uh, that's how the Bills lose their first game and how Miami gets their biggest win of the decade. And yes, Ken Dorsey's coach's box tantrum. The little hand there that comes in to block our view of it. And then this image of Tua consoling Allen. This was incredible. Frank Isola, the way this game played out the last two minutes. What did Miami show you? What did Buffalo show you? Yeah. Yeah, it was a terrific game. Miami showed you once again that they're a resilient team, and they've taken advantage of getting two division opponents in their building on September at 1 o'clock in the afternoon when it's nice and toasty in South Florida. And Buffalo throwing the ball 63 times right before that butt fumble. That was a terrible fourth down pass, or butt punt, I should say. That was a terrible pass by Josh Allen. But they, Miami, let's face it, they got a little lucky on that punt. If that thing goes 10 yards, Buffalo's in great position for the go-ahead score. But Miami, when their defense needed to make a play, that's exactly what they did. Give them credit. They're 3-0. and A minor miracle in Baltimore plus two good quality wins at mm-hmm. home. So no buts about it then. George Sedano, Miami, <laughs> Buffalo, good. what's your takeaway? That their defense is legit. I do wonder how long they can hold up, Tony, if their offense is only going to have 19 minutes and 20 seconds of time of possession. That's the least amount since 2014 in a win in the National Football League. But their defense has been great, and Tua has been opportunistic. It's not like Tua slinging it around, but he's getting the big chunk plays as we saw down the field to Waddle late in that game, and that was a big play. That's how the Dolphins are winning. That's a recipe. It's 
big plays down the field and making sure that their defense contains the other Maybe team's not offense. even as many chunk plays downfield as you would think with Buffalo's secondary as it was. So, Courtney, taking in the way Buffalo moved the ball but couldn't score, taking away the, the butt punts and the last play, what was this game about? This game shows you that for Miami, their win in week two, the 21-point fourth-quarter comeback that they had over the Ravens was not a fluke whatsoever. Buffalo did everything in its power to try to keep Miami off the field. They ran 90 plays. I didn't even know that you had that many plays. Obviously, they're running the same play multiple times, but you know what I mean. <laughs> this proves to you that Tua Tagovailoa doesn't need a big window to create an explosive passing attack. It took six plays for them to orchestrate that game with a go-ahead yeah. touchdown, which was that 45-yard bomb to Jalen Waddell. I was told all offseason that Tua Tagovailoa could not hit the deep ball. He was 3-of-3 three three on passes that traveled 20-plus or plus, 20 plus yards in the air or more yesterday. He's already scored more touchdowns in three games this season than he did all of last season. We're seeing a Miami team that is proving early in the season to be a legitimate contender. This was about Miami also for Courtney Harry, you're making it four straight. This was about Miami for you as well? Yes, but I think it was also about, about Buffalo. Starting with Miami, I think that they proved that they are contenders because contenders pull out games like that. I think coming into this one, we all expected that the Buffalo Bills are the standard of the NFL. The Dolphins scored on all three of their red zone trips, and they took advantage of a weakened Bills roster. Now, going to the Bills... I think that this is kind of uh, encouraging because you did miss six of your starters. You had seven more guys that got hurt or had heat illness during the game. You outgained them by almost 300 yards. You had double the amount of first downs. You converted on 60% of your third downs, and you had the ball for 41 minutes. You also missed a 38-yard field goal and mismanaged two possessions in which you could have gotten a field goal whether you were in range or almost in range, and you still almost won that football game. So to me, if you're a Bills fan and you look at this game, it took all of that for you mm. to win or to lose. Like, to me, that's a good the sign. encouraging loss, Harry Lyles argues. George, are you buying that from Buffalo's perspective? Uh, I don't know, Tony, but could Miami have created a blueprint against Josh Allen? In the first three drives, he had two touchdowns, 88% completion percentage, and nearly nine yards per attempt when they blitzed him 60% of the time. The rest of the game, they only blitzed him 20% of the time. No touchdowns, only 5.4 yards per attempt. Frank Isola? And we look at Buffalo as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Since the start of last season, they're 0-6 in games decided by six or fewer points. Mm. The only team that's worse is the Texans, and we don't look at them as a Super Bowl contender. So in these close games, we start against the Chiefs, we start yesterday, they find a way not to get well, it done. You're, you're not as encouraged as Harry. I mean, the ball slips out of, multiple times, slipped out of Josh Allen's hand. It's 100 degrees, it's sweaty, you can understand that. The last play, not being able to get out of bounds, and then not being able to get a playoff as we're waiting for uh, referees to spot a ball and everything. They were unlucky. No, I mean, it's a fluky loss in a lot of ways, but still, a lot of credit. for You called, Frank, you called Buffalo legit contender for the Super Bowl, of course. Do you call Miami that now? Not yet. I still think the fact that the two home games in the Heat and, you know, Tua to me needs to be a little bit better, and they did have that You're miracle. George, how about you? Not Super Bowl contenders. Oh, my goodness. Although... What do they have to do? What do they have to do? Let's move on. The Tua injury. The video of the Tua injury. NFLPA is calling for a review. And this is about the protocol the league has in place for head injuries. It's about teams following it. 
It's about what it looked like and what it was initially announced, a head injury, and what was then adjusted to a back injury. Dolphins called it a back injury, not concussion related. Watching this in real time was frightening. And having it play out that Tua comes back, plays the second half, doesn't show really any signs to be inebriated. George, how do you consider it all? Tony, it certainly looks bad. I don't think there's any question about that. But not only did the Dolphins team doctors, but an an independent arbiter, basically, as a doctor, was also in that room examining him. And it turned out that that was indeed the case, that it was a back injury. Now, it's not to say that his head probably didn't get rattled a little bit, but he didn't necessarily fail the concussion protocol aspect of it. I don't bemoan the NFLPA, though, for looking into this because the video is jarring when you watch it. Yeah, I know what I saw. I have zero medical credentials, but I can tell you that he did indeed hit his head on the ground on that roughing the passer play. I know that he's going to say that it was a back injury sustained on the QB sneak a couple plays before that, but I don't understand why they wouldn't just come out and say, hey, he got his bell rung. He was able to shake it off to pass concussion protocols at that point and be able to return to the game. We also know, though, there is a correlation between spinal cord injuries, which is in your back, and concussions. So I'm not surprised at all that the NFLPA wants to delve into this a little bit further. The good thing, though, whenever there is a head injury, these things are always reviewed. There's multiple different angles that the league and the NFLPA, the teams, they all get to sort through to determine whether the proper protocols were followed in that. That is, of course, if you trust the process. So do you trust the process is a secondary question. Harry Lyles Jr., how did you, I mean, you're just watching it from home, sure, like like all NFL fans, how did you consider it? So I think there's a couple of things here. I think the first thing is, I think when it comes to something like this, it's always better to be overly cautious than not. So from the NFLPA's perspective, I'm glad that they're raising an issue with this. I think whether it, the current protocol or a revised protocol, that should be the spirit of it. I think the other thing that is challenging for them in this instance is transparency would help. What is the protocol? How did he test within that protocol? And obviously, that's almost impossible to accomplish because we are talking about a medical procedure or medical process here. And obviously, there's a lot of uh, privacy that goes along with that. But if they were able to accomplish some sort of transparency within that, I think that that would help because the thing that is so fearful with this is when you see a player like that that's woozy and then he goes back into the game, the thing that makes these athletes so spectacular is we know that they are able to push themselves and their bodies in ways that the rest of us cannot do it. And so when you have a process like this, it always needs to be overly cautious because you need to protect the guys not just from the injuries but from themselves as well frank that he came back you didn't see anything that would suggest head you didn't see anything that would suggest back injury he just looked like his usual self whatever that means frank do you read into that anyway yeah you know courtney used the expression got his bell rung 20 years ago the broadcasters would have used that and they would have chuckled about it and would have said oh look at Tua. he just got hit he's woozy would have been back in the game i think where the nfl is at right now and george mentioned it you know, two minutes left, they bring him right to the locker room. I, don't th- I would have to think in this case they're taking the proper steps. And I think the fact that it's happening at that time where he was off the field for a while, I believe what the Dolphins did, it sounds like they followed the proper protocol here. One more story here. How Kansas City lost to Indianapolis. KC giving away 10, 13, 14 points maybe on special teams. A personal foul on Chris Jones for a conversation with Matt Ryan after a sack that seemed to end the game. What did they say? I guess you had to hear the words. Patrick Mahomes and Eric Bieniemy at the half when they made the decision to not try for one last play here, passing a last gasp at the half. Mahomes and Bieniemy, and you could see Andy Reid here in this exchange pulling Mahomes away. 
and read after the game saying it was nothing. If you heard what the words were, it was nothing. Courtney, anything to see here in case he's lost Indy? I understand why Patrick Mahomes is frustrated because at the end of the first half, he led the Chiefs to two touchdown drives on the final three drives of the second quarter. So, of course, he wants one more shot at the end zone. It's Patrick Mahomes. For for all intents and purposes, you should be able to take a shot instead of just run the ball out so you can have, what, like two minutes extra in the locker room? He's not the reason they lost this game, and it also showed us that you can't have Patrick Mahomes cover up all of the miscues for all of the blunders that special teams had on Sunday. Tony, that's the issue. It's a lot of self-inflicted wounds here for the Chiefs. A good win for the Colts as they needed to win one at home, and they got a little more healthy. I still think that they're a team that can potentially contend for that division. But missed field goals, muffed punt by Sky Moore, and Jones at the end not necessarily helping the cause. And in regards to Biennemi and Mahomes, look, man, we have disagreements here all the time. Look at me and Isola. We never get along. Frank, you want to plead to that or in this game? Yeah, he's always slamming his clipboard down. You know, special teams was an issue. I hate the, that penalty right there, though. It seems so arbitrary. But in a competitive environment where two guys have had success like the enemy and Patrick Mahomes, I'm not worried about that. To me, that's just a heat of the moment kind well, of Well, you're talking about the Chris Jones penalty there. And in exchange of something yeah. that got the flag, whether it's taunting, whether he said a magic word of some kind, nobody really I, reacted I either, Frank. Yeah. I understand that the NFL wants to eliminate that, but it seems like it happens on every play. And just in this moment, let's throw a flag. To me, it's too arbitrary. Kept the possession going. The possession led to the touchdown that won the game for Indy. Harry Lyle's last word on this. Yeah, obviously the special teams, I think we can all agree, is the reason or one of the reasons that the Chiefs lost this game. But let's also give credit to that Colts defense for stopping the run and turning that Chiefs offense one-dimensional in, in such a way where not even Patrick Mahomes could fix that. I think if Mahomes wasn't saying something to Eric Bieniemy about, hey, give me one more shot, then he wouldn't be Pat Mahomes. So to me, that was, was a really this much the first window into a Kansas City offense without Tyreek Hill that – no, Stop they're good. Their run. They're, good? they're good? You think they're good? They're good. I, here's here's they're my good. rule for life. If we're going to fake, we're, if I'm trying to get yards on fourth down, I want Patrick Mahomes to do it, not my punter. That, that, that's my rule that. for life. All right, gut check time, though, with the change at the top of the AFC. Who's the team to beat in the AFC? Buffalo, Miami, Baltimore, Kansas City got a loss. Buffalo. Buffalo, Buffalo still. Still Buffalo, of course. Still Why would it be baby. the team that beat them? I understand. Let's go around the horn. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
What's up, kiddos? I'm Clinton Yates of Around the Horn. Whenever I go to cover games or attend events in Los Angeles, I'm always keeping my eye out for the best-dressed person in the room. I saw Diego Luna at the Andor Red Carpet launch event, Star Wars, folks, and he looked head of state fresh. Now you can also be that person, too, whether you're sitting courtside, attending a fancy dinner, or going to a wedding. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks for way, way less. They start at just $4.99. With Indochino, you can design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, etc. A tailored fit from home. Set up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without even leaving the house. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code HORN to get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code HORN. Welcome back to Around the Horn, coming to you from the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, you tell yourself in 2010 this is – a matchup you'll still be seeing in 2022, you'd be impressed. The way it looked, very predictable, I think, for the offensive schemes these two teams have going in. So, very defensive. Uh, not a lot of cohesion. Green Bay out in front, Brady getting the last second touchdown after the last second of the play clock. But no two-point conversion. 14-12, the final. 26 total points. What do you buy? What do you sell, George Sedano? I'm buying the pack, Tony. They're finding ways to win. It's only the fourth time they've won 14 points or less in the Aaron Rodgers era. Only second since 2011. Last week they won with the run game. This week with defense, they're finding ways to win, and they're getting healthier on the offensive line, too. Courtney Cronin. I'm buying that this is probably the last matchup we're going to see between Rodgers and Brady, and it was a complete dud. This Tampa Bay (laughs) offense is injured all along the offensive line. The replacement receivers is what I'm going to call everybody not named Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, or Mike Evans gave Tom Brady absolutely nothing. And then on the other side of it, you've got Aaron Rodgers completing 22 of his 27 passes, like within five lines, five yards of the line of scrimmage. Like, what is, what are these offenses? What are these quarterbacks? this whole game. You're not, I think the Packers are at least trying to figure out what they're doing offensively. You're not as impressed as Sedano in finding a way to win. Harry Lyle? I'm buying concern for the Bucks and specifically Tom Brady. They were not able to run the ball, and I understand the Packers' defense is strong, but their 29th in success rate in the NFL when running the football this year is partially because of a depleted offensive line, and when you have a depleted offensive line, that hurts obviously your entire offense. It is more concerning when your quarterback, I know he's Tom Brady, is 45 years old. Right, guys, Sola. Yeah, and uh, Courtney said it. That game, I was watching that. That was a little boring. I get it. Both teams, their defenses are good. But think about Tampa Bay. They've yet to score a touchdown in the first half. How is that even possible with Tom Brady? He needs those receivers back, but right now, they do not look sharp. Jaguars over the Chargers. Does Jacksonville have the number one defense in the league? For L.A., Justin Herbert and his ribs. He can make the throws. Look at this pass. The guy... But for him to still be in a game the whole way, in a game that ended up 38-10, Brandon Staley said Herbert was adamant about playing, and that's why he was in. And this team, add Joey Bosa to Herbert, and Rashawn Slater, and Keenan Allen, and Corey Lindsley as guys in various degrees of bang up. George, you were on the call for this game. What are you buying? What are you selling? 
Tony, I'm buying the Jags. Say it with me. First place Jags in the AFC South. They snapped an 18-game road losing streak, and they won back-to-back games by 24 points or more as an underdog. We haven't seen this since John Elway in 1995. Doug Peterson and the Jags are for real. Oh, the Jags are for real. I was asking if the Dolphins were for real before. Everybody's like, I don't know about the Dolphins. The Jaguars are for real. Courtney Cronin. Well, for real in the division. I'm buying that Trevor Lawrence, is something's finally clicking with him. It's his second straight game with multiple touchdown passes and no turnovers. A credit to himself, also a credit to Doug Peterson. And on the flip side of that, I'm buying that it's week four and we're sounding the alarm for the injuries that the Los Angeles Chargers are dealing with. You've got Justin Herbert playing through cartilage injury in his ribs. Rashawn Slater's out for the year. J.C. Jackson didn't play. Nick, uh, you know, Joey Bosa has an injury that, you know, he did not return to the game playing yesterday. It was just a really rough game for this Los Angeles. Very veteran move from Cronin there. Joey (laughs) Bosa, yes, I heard it. He'll give you a point for rolling with it. Harry Lyles, how about you? Tony, I'm buying that the urban redevelement plan in Jacksonville is going to accor- is going uh, according to he's plan. Got jokes. Uh, because yes. Trevor Lawrence is looking like the quarterback that was promised, and they have consecutive wins now, 24 and 28 points. They have the second greatest point differential in the NFL, just behind the Buffalo Bills. To me, this is a team that I don't know if they're contenders or good, but they look competent, and that's something that they were not last that's year. Yeah, Harry, I think he's saying that Urban Meyer laid the foundation, and there they go. By the way, great job on the call by George Sedano and the Al Davis jacket that he's got on today. You know, Herbert, you could make the case you'd have come out with five minutes to go. It's a 28-point game. I get it when they're down 21. There's still plenty of time, but maybe with five minutes to go. Also, Slater, done for the year. Uh, Yeah. Sedano. Tony, I just want to say that I feel like I lost today because I did the reverse reality. I got the white jacket with the black shirt <laughs> under. I'm just saying that. The other it's a great look. Back it's must a, go it's down. A great look. Must go down hard. Uh, you may have lost because uh, you know, ever since you talked to Mario Cristobal and uh, did that amazing feature on him and had the cafecito of the U, not so much. That's it for Sedano. Bright guy Sola, urban laid the groundwork. Get out of here with that. Cronin Lyle showdown. Two minutes. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Courtney Crone and Harry Lyles Jr. Good luck in showdown. Harry, college, you were at Florida, Tennessee. I'm looking for the most painful way to lose this weekend. Was it Missouri with the fumble as you extend for what would have been a game-winning touchdown, but you lost to Auburn? Was it Oklahoma losing to Kansas State? 
Arkansas losing to Texas A&M off the top of the post. Miami getting run out by Middle Tennessee State at home. Harry, most painful. I would have said Arkansas had we not seen a field goal like that earlier in the season. To me, it is absolutely Missouri. That is a team that literally had the game slip out of their hands against an Auburn team that is begging to lose so they can fire their head coach. (laughs) Courtney Cronin? It's Missouri because that's the most Missouri way to lose a game. At the end of regulation, they could have kicked a 26-yard field goal, a chip shot. It goes wide right. And then Nathaniel Pete, as he's trying to, like, switch the ball into his other hand, he drops it at the goal line, straight up drops it. Did you say Beavis? It's Mevis, I believe. But, yes, well, here's a point because it gets me to say Mevis and butt punt. There we go. I like that. Thank you, Courtney. Mevis and butt punt. Butt punt in week three of the NFL season. We showed it before. We'll show it again because it's just amazing, right? And then also, Jimmy Garoppolo in the late night game stepping out of the end zone for a safety, which negated the pick six he threw. So it's two of the most ignominious plays in NFL history getting remakes. So my question is, who gets more vindication here? Mark Sanchez and the butt fumble, or Dan Orlovsky and the nose no bound safety? Courtney? It's definitely Orlovsky because you saw the tweet from Mark Sanchez. He told Thomas Moore said to stay out of his lane, so I guess he wanted that recognition going forward. It's all Orlovsky mm-hmm. for me. Harry? I think it's Sanchez because he has to hear about his more, and I will give Dan Orlovsky credit. Brother, you had more flavor on yours than Jimmy G did, so you're still a king of that one. <laughs> well, let's not give Orlovsky too much credit. I think he actually secretly enjoys that we all talk about it. Point FaceTime Courtney Cronin. <laughs> The NFL announced on Monday the merciful end to the Pro Bowl as we know it. It's going to be replaced by a skills competition and a flag football game. And for anybody complaining about the Pro Bowl flag football game, it's already been a flag football game. I don't know how much tackling has happened in previous years. I'm excited for the new format. Nevis and butt punt. Thank you, Courtney Cronin, for that. Frank Isola, thank you for being here today. Your little bonus at the back end. 23 and a half hour break. We'll see you tomorrow.